Welcome to this week's session of Pricked the Interviews. My name is Kim Brown Sims, and as a nurse of over three decades, I've always said that I've pricked many, many people, and it was always for their own good. Pricked is an interview series that touches on those situations that cause us to react. Positive, negative, inspired, angered. Energy is created, and through telling the stories of what has pricked us in our lives, we gain insight to the common bonds in humanity. Great and powerful action can result from even the littlest prick. Join me now as we jump into another incredible story about being pricked. We're trying something new this week on Pricked the Interviews. I actually run a Pricked Live Facebook session every Tuesday at 4 p.m. with my co-host, Kevin Anthony Bowen. A couple of weeks ago, Kevin and I had the incredible experience of having Nwaka Anwusa, the Chief Curator and Vice President of Curatorial Affairs for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, on as a Facebook guest. This session is called Drinking While Podcasting, Celebrating Taking a Leap of Faith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, we are uh, honored to have with us today Waka Anwusa. Uh, she's the best Vice President and Chief Curator. Is that correct? Yes. Of the Rock and Roll Hall yes. of Fame. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is so because I know you changed titles recently. Um, because yes. I I had you down as the curator and director of curatorial affairs. Yes, and that's what I started out as. That was my position when I moved to Cleveland. I was like, okay, this is great. Like, all right, let's do it. And then come September of 2020. This opportunity came to, you know, move up in my in my role at the Rock Hall. And I mean, didn't see this coming at all. So this is really exciting, an amazing opportunity. And like I said, it is happy hour somewhere on the East Coast. So cheers, wherever you water. are in the world. I didn't, even <laughs> offer, I didn't even offer Kevin anything this time. Oh, I'm becoming no. a really bad hostess. I, I'm clearly in the cheap seats today. He's in the cheap seats today. Usually he's got a little crystal glass, a little bubbly yes. water. He was late, so. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, hold on. You put you out. <laughs> so since you mentioned it, you moved to, to Cleveland. Uh, the yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, but are, were you originally from Los Angeles? That's where I know. Yes. Yes. So originally from Los Angeles, born and raised, born and raised in Compton, Compton Gardena, that lovely borderline. Um, And truly like the movie Friday, I mean, it was sadly, unfortunately, you know, the Rodney King riots, which totally devastated. And still you can see and feel, you know, some of those impacts from the riots in the 90s. So we did as the movie and we moved to the Inland Empire. And I was a young girl. I was maybe seven around that time, six, Mm -hmm. seven, eight. But, you know, relocated. And so my formative years have been in the IE. I have to claim the 909. That's where, that's who raised me. So I, you know, the 213 is where I was reborn. But the 909, definitely, that's where I I learned and and got pricked, you know, with some of my interests and, and all of that. So. Well, that's always what we talk about is, you know, what are the things that have pricked you in your life? Because the reality is that 
we've all had things happen to us, right? And yes. when we start sharing our stories, we figure out that there's more common commonality than there is difference. And sharing yes. our commonalities, it brings us together because honestly, let's admit it, we are the human race and why we keep dividing, we'll never know, but we want right. to come together. And this is a movement about bringing people together and sharing and inspiring and you know motivating others to take that step forward and follow in your footsteps and become the chief curator curatorial i can't even say it the rock and roll hall of fame i know it's a long title it is a long title do they give do they have a little acronym for you do you have a like a shortened acronym you know sometimes i'll just shorten it to chief curator and vp or but i mean the curatorial affairs part is really there's no escaping it. It's kind of like what encompasses my role. So I, I, I'm stuck saying it. And I always make fun of that part, curatorial affairs. But but that is what it is. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, do you? Have, I know you have a bunch of questions. I, I have a bunch of questions. Yeah. You just do what you need to do. Sure. I, well, so a couple of things just to get us started. Yep. Um, uh, this, the show truly is pricked. And you mentioned the Rodney King, by the way. I have, a, I have to decide whether I can tell this Rodney King story. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, we, um, we shared a lot of dirty sure, laundry yeah. on this show. So I'm just <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, so, and we ask all of our guests, so tell us about, you know, a, a pricked moment in your life, something that, that really moved you either in the direction you're going with, uh, with your career or, or mm -hmm. something in your life, something that gave you the impetus, the power, the movement, the, the power to move forward because of some positive or negative. Uh, yes. Keeping in, in, in line with the spirit of the show. Yeah, well, I definitely have to say um, church. I can't start any of my journey without, like, I was a ch definitely raised in the church. My mom is from the South. My dad is from Nigeria and grew up, you know, my mother grew up in a very strict Pentecostal Christian home, you know? And so she was definitely raised with, like, you know, she, we was on the moaning bench and I was on the, you know, like, she knows, like, there's this whole thing, you know, like, I was on the moaning bench, honey. And, you know, my mom, my, my grandmother, my great grandmother, they were missionaries in church. So they prepared communion. So, like, then I got to see my mom do that. And we, me and my sisters, we helped in that process. So I would just have to say, like, although whether you're religious or spiritual, for me, it is intermingled. I'm finding myself more spiritual now in my adulthood. And just, I feel like COVID has made us all, you just got to tap into your spirituality by yourself. You know, it's not about the religiosity of a situation anymore. So, but I would say like just my spiritual journey in general, like tapping into that at a young age, I know I did. It was very real for me. I would say even like coming out here to Cleveland, there's a Tom Petty song and there's a scripture. I mean, like I free fell into Cleveland, free falling. That's the song. That's the rock and roll moment. But definitely I was like, I don't want to be a Jonah. I'm not about to be Jonah stuck in the belly of a whale. Like I'm going to go where God said go. You better go. Like, and, uh, <laughs> and that was kind of like that spiritual moment. But even just taking it out of the context of the Bible and following parables and things, it's like, what church also taught me was to follow that inside voice, to follow your gut, to follow and listen to your heart and your spirit and being in tune with that voice and trusting that voice and having and building faith. And whether that's faith in God and believing like to take chances and to take risks, definitely it's like even coming out here. I'm like, that was a faith move. I knew no one. 
in Cleveland, Ohio. You know, like no one knows no one in Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. Wait, True. Drew Carey, didn't he do a show yes, that was yes, in Drew Carey, Drew Carey, you it. know, Cleveland Rocks, Michael Stanley, the whole thing. Like, and but so now I'm like, look, I ride for Cleveland. I'm a I'm a Browns fan now. Like I have I have so much respect for the Browns. Win or lose, it's really about the fans. But we'll get to that. Um, but truly <laughs> just faith in you know, what you don't see and what you, you know, what you can't hear and what's not tangible. That was my pricking moment. And that, you know, whether it was decisions I'm going to make in school, like either prayed about it, me and my mom prayed about it. Luckily I had her to pray with as an ally, but those were, you know, a lot of these decisions were guided by faith. And so that I have to say like, I may cuss like a sailor, a little assistant sailor on a ship, but definitely I'm guided by faith. Like it's, that's the root of, of where I am, why I am, and truly having faith in yourself or faith in a higher power or whatever it is, that has been the crux of it for me. So, yes. Well, I love, I love how you connect listening to your inner voice to that higher power, right? Because there mm-hmm. is obviously the belief that the higher power speaks through you and you are a reflection of that higher power. So truly yes. trusting, you know, your gut, truly trusting that little voice. I always call mm-hmm. that the pricked moment. You know, your gut tells you, you hear it. And then here's the true prick. Do I follow it or do, do- I go against it? <laughs> yep. Come on now and following it. I'm telling you, following it has led me to catch a cheating boyfriend, following uh-huh. that voice. Like, I mean, follow that voice. And I mean, and don't question it. The more you question it, the more time you are wasting That's and right. whatever that is. So just follow it. It's like, what do you have to lose? My thing, even moving here was like, well, hell, just, you know, it's a great opportunity. Like, number one, let's not let all the other, the kerfuffle, you know, just like cloud your vision of like, well, Cleveland, I don't need, you know, all the I don't knows and maybe what. It's like, bump all of that. Leave all of that mess to the side. Just get there and let the rest work itself out. Move by faith. I, I would hear my mom saying like, well, you don't believe Christ died? And that was something that her grandmother. <laughs> you don't believe Christ died? I'm like, no, I believe. I believe. Like, <laughs> we'll then go. We'll then do it then. Like, <laughs> you know, what's the worst that can happen, right? Whereas if you don't what's go, the then, you, then you stop and think, oh my gosh, what what if I had done what right if? there for the regret? What so, if? And that's where I was like, I can always move back home. If I hate Cleveland, then I can just go back home. In right. the story. Like, so just go, just try it, just do it. So yes, stepping out on faith, stepping out oh, on a uh, Tom Petty song, do it. <laughs> I am all about Tom Petty. I love Tom yes. Petty. You love Tom yes. Petty. I love that song. He loves that song. Yes. I, I don't think I know any other Tom Petty songs. Really? Well, actually, I oh, think you I do. You yes, know I a do. lot. You know, there you is a, I, I know I do because we. I had this discussion with somebody about three years ago. I said the exact same thing. And he says, oh, what about this song? What about this song? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. Because, you know, that's our era. You realize that's our yeah. era. All right. Just I won't back down, you know. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, you know. Oh, see? Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm the worst. My uh, my wife um, mm-hmm. years ago called me up. I was at work one day. And she calls me up. And she says, hey, um, I got tickles, tickets to the Eagles. I said, uh, I said, the Niners aren't playing the Eagles this week. <laughs> 
it's another band. I said, oh, okay. And like, seriously, like had to, had to Google and see what they, you know. Oh, they, no. Oh, I did. I Are did. you serious, Kevin? Oh, I, I Googled to see what uh, what songs they play. I was like, oh, yeah, I know that oh. one. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah, you, you know that one. You know that one. You know that one. Okay. If it didn't have Prince in front of it, he just didn't pay attention. That's funny. I was just listening to Prince. Oh my goodness. Some later stuff. Some later stuff. 2014 Prince. Yes. Breakfast can wait. Yes. Do you know anything about this new album coming out? They're dropping a new Prince album. I know. I heard. So I'm just waiting like the rest, but I know it's like the uncovered gems and like unreleased. So this is just, that's the dope thing about music too. And like having an archive or the re-release or not the re-release, but the release of new content. It's like music and just the storytelling that's within that. It This is the way that Prince continues to breathe and so many icons like him continue to live on because of their music. And that can create a whole pricked moment for somebody else too, for a whole new generation of Sure. Prince fans or kids who are learning who he is. So this is, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's super cool. I mean, it's the same thing as like, you know, my daughter who is, you know, 20, should be 24 and your son will be 24. You know, they in high school were all singing Journey. And I'm like, why are you singing Journey? That's <laughs> yeah. my high school yeah. career. That's yeah. right, your because high school career. But mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they came uh, full circle and it's, and you're right about it being, kind of the way that, you know, the legacy lives on, right? And stories, life is is about stories. And I think that's what people don't understand. They want this perfect life. I'm going to air quote, perfect life. when the Mm -hmm. reality is that what makes life awesome and interesting and amazing are all those stories where we trip and fall and something great happens or you learn something or you say, damn, that hurt. You remember that stuff, you know, where it's all just like even keeled and, you know, what the heck. So how was it when you stepped off the plane in Cleveland? Like, what was that experience? (laughs) (laughs) Because I lived in Illinois for just a little while. Oh, so you already know. You already know. So for me, so Kevin knows, but for y'all, I'm bald. So I have no hair. You know, it was a low, low cut, low cut. So I came out here, they were like, you know, Waka, there's the lake effect. And I live downtown. So, you know, mm-hmm. Lake Erie is right here. Oh, you know, the lake effect is yep. it's a real thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, we got the Santa Ana winds. Those are a real thing too. I was- <laughs> Santa Ana. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Maybe it's well, 70 you know, or 68 that day. <laughs> right, right. So I was like, you know, I'm I'm cool with like, you mean heavy winds? Yeah, we yeah we get the Santa Anas, and in the IE we get them really bad. Like fences blowing down, tree. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wind chill, that freezing point. So I moved. So let me be clear. <laughs> when I moved to Cleveland, it was January fourth of 2019. Oh. Right, and talk about a free fall. I, and that was right in the winter, so. The lake was frozen when I moved here. The lake was already frozen. That was when we had the polar vortex happen that year. You know, I had a really nice, like, Abercrombie (laughs) three-quarter cut coat. Far coat. Homegirl didn't have a real North Face goose down to the ankle. I do now. I do now. (laughs) I bet you do. But I wasn't ready. Kim, I wasn't ready. Kevin, I was not ready. I came out here. I mean, and I was, I stay warm and, you know, and even this is a base layer. This is, Mm -hmm. so I just learned about my base layers, but I was 
I had minimal base layers. I didn't have turtleneck base layers because even mm-hmm. Sunday it snowed. So yeah. Prince said, sometimes it snows in April, but hell, it snows in May sometimes too. <laughs> and June, living out here in the Midwest, you never know. It really is like a box of chocolates. You never know what the hell you're going to get. So all my friends what from Chicago favorite? who were like, you know what, Waka, you, you got to have, you." and look, I'm looking at a windbreaker that's over. You have to have a windbreaker, <laughs> an umbrella. So um, in my car, I got my wellies because um, you just never know. Snow yeah. scraper, you never know when it's just a, a rain wants to break out, a thunderstorm wants to just come out and, and do whatever it wants to do. So it's so yeah, I moved here in the winter, all that to say. And <laughs> but it was amazing because of course, being from Cali, like sure, I've gone to Big Bear to see snow. I've <laughs> you know been a mammoth to go see snow, but to live in the snow. I was so, you know, the snow and then come dry back down to sunny, you know, oh, it's 60 degrees. Oh, it's 64. Oh, my God. Um, So now to come out here, um, I was truly mesmerized by the snow. I'm still I guess I'm still in my honeymoon phase with Cleveland. Mind you, I've been here now for two and a half years, but I'm still in my honeymoon phase. I love watching it snow i have these big beautiful you see all this sun like now the sun is setting but i mean just watching the snowfall is just amazing to just even put my feet in it it's really cool but i also live downtown so i don't have a yard and i don't have to plow snow and i don't have to do so maybe that's why it's still mesmerizing for me i said it's enchanting and mesmerizing so just getting to see the seasons change that also was just beautiful to also transition at the same time. So I love, I love it here. I love Cleveland. Obviously. And this is recorded. Uh, this is a recorded line. I love Cleveland. This, this, this. It's out there. Posterity. I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. So oh. I got a question about, um, so you were at the Grammy Museum for a long, long time. Yes, yeah, I tell was. Me, tell me about that. Gosh, I was at the Grammy Museum. I started my journey there in 2008. And I did that right again, listening to that voice, following, being pricked by. And sometimes the prick, you know, is either within you or just somebody else bringing it up. You never know how the prick is going to happen. And it came through my box office manager. I started working at the Grammy Museum right out of my undergrad. So, of course, like economy crash, I definitely got lucky, lucky, blessed, all of that. Ancestors looking out. I got this job and I was working in the box office at the Fine Arts Theater. So I was a student work. I mean, throughout my undergrad, I worked the entire time, whether FedEx, I have my badge that I just found over there from 2007. I will have to share that. Um, (laughs) It was, I mean, I was just by any means necessary. I was like, okay, this check pays. We're getting paid weekly. So this opportunity, I was working for Ticketmaster, building shows for the university. I went to UC Riverside and my box office manager at the time was like, hey, they're opening up this place in L.A., You've been saying you want to kind of get out of Riverside and get to the city and just, you should just apply. It's a part-time gig, but it's at the Grammy Museum. So just apply. And I was like, you know what? Oh, you know, do I move to LA? I don't know if I, and and I started doing that shit. And I was like, oh, you know, 
stop, stop, stop. Just apply, scan it, email this, email this application in and just, just freaking do it. Okay. So I was like, they can hire you or not. So whatever, homegirl, you need money. So I was just driven by like, sis, you need to have a job. I was substitute teaching and that was kind of like hit or miss in Riverside. And that was just not consistent. And so I was like, look, you need this job. You can pursue education as well, but this is at least some steady income right out of college. Bet. Get the job. Absolutely amazing. I was starting to build the shows and do all of this and got a chance to interact. It was a small museum. It's a boutique museum, 36,000 square feet over three or four floors. And like I said, I started at the bottom and truly that's a Drake song. Started from the bottom. Now we're here in Cleveland, (laughs) Um, but was there for 10 and a half years. And truly, so then I worked box office, developed a great friendship. And again, another pricked moment. You never know when an opportunity truly is going to come to you. And so we just started talking or through conversation. Mm-hmm. However, and it started through conversation. He learned that I was still substitute teaching. He has, you know, he empathizes with teachers. He was a professor himself at Brown and worked at Rutgers and wrote for Rolling Stone. And I'm learning about him like, oh my God, this guy is amazing just to know him. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to add you to my Rolodex anyway. Like you, you're now stuck with me. We're now friends. But out of that, you know, Obama's in office, economy crash. We had to furlough and lay off a ton of staff. But that loss was truly an opportunity and a gain for me to step into a role at that time. So this all from saying yes to applying for this box office position, I was able to move into the education department worked my way up through that education coordinator, got some amazing opportunities to, number one, work with the White House. We produced all of their In Performance at the White House series. And that was when I was as an education coordinator. Like the credit came up. I definitely took a picture of that. It's in my photo archive. I was like, girl, you did something for the Obama White House. This is amazing. But it was through education. And so education and music, that was another prick moment. Like, holy snap, like I can do education and music together. Like the concept even of a music museum is still fairly new when you're comparing it to like an art museum, when you're thinking of the Getty or the Guggenheim or the Brooklyn Museum or, you know, or the Smithsonian, like they've been around for over 50 plus, 100 plus years. So music museum, new phenomenon. Um, We're not even 40 years old. We're 35 years old. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So it truly was like a biblical story. Like this begat that, begat that, begat that. And truly like from education coordinator to education manager to, or education assistant manager, and then just went through the ranks and eventually moved into the curatorial department division. (laughs) Um, by just taking another shot. Like I didn't go to school to be a curator, totally an unconventional path for me. I was a sociology major, previous law and society, philosophy, law and society. I wanted, I mean, all over the place. You just like, it. honestly, it's like all of these things have now compiled together while I was in Gardena even. My mom is a florist and she was an interior decorator. Doesn't do it too much anymore. But me and my sisters, we followed her around. Like she would dress display windows when we were in LA and like doing different things. And 
the flower shop. We had a flower shop when I was 16. Like that was my, or 15. That was my first real legit job, job was pulling flowers for my mom. Like we would go to the flower mart in LA at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. before school, help her pick up the flowers or sleep. I mean, it was just this whole journey. I'm like, my mom was doing this in curating spaces. We weren't calling it curating in the 90s. Like, (laughs) you know, like I was like, damn, like I learned and watched my mom do this too. Like the things that she was doing, I'm now actually getting to do this as my career. Sure. That is crazy. So it's the things even that you just pick up in your life that I feel like that channel into your purpose and into your passion. Like, that's just so cool for me to see like, oh, my God, my mom did this shit. Like, that's crazy. Um, but but I mean, that journey at the Grammy Museum was just so phenomenal. That that was my musicology. That was 10 years of my musicology degree mm-hmm. all there. Like just it it was amazing meeting some of the most phenomenal musicians i mean tom petty i got to meet tom petty before, i mean like god rest his soul you know what i mean yeah. it's just it's insane so the grammy museum always will be grateful for that place and what it taught me and what it continues to teach me and what i continue to learn at the rock hall oh my gosh what what was yeah, the most it's, what was the most awe inspiring like someone walked through the door and you were just like what Oh my God. For you, but maybe the most memorable. Gosh, one of the most memorable. I'm like, they're all so memorable. <laughs> I, I just saw a picture of you with Shaka Khan. Oh, yes. I know. I'm thinking of that. I'm like, she was just amazing. And it's like when you get to meet some of these artists and you think of them so larger than life. I don't know why you think like they're giants, like six feet tall, like basketball players. And they're so small. Like, I mean, tiny, like five foot, four, nine. Mavis Staples. Mavis Staples. I was standing next to Mavis. I mean, and so that is uh, now meeting Mavis Staples. I met her in 2019 through work at the Rock Hall and I got to go to her home in Chicago and pick up artifacts from her and she gave me a bottle of water and we talked and we looked out at the lake and I was like, I am in freaking Megan Staples home. What in the holy hell? Um, (laughs) This is absolutely ridiculous. Megan Staples to even like being at the White House. I was like, and I had grits at the White House. I had grits, grits, my favorite grits is my absolute, my mom is from the South. Like I said, grits, we had grits or oatmeal for breakfast in the morning. Grits is my favorite delicacy. And so I do like, when I travel, if a restaurant like has grits, I'm definitely trying it. It's just like grit tour of America. But um, I never, I love, we were raised with sugar. Yep. Sugar and butter, sugar and butter. I like them sweet, only savory until I got into my adulthood is when I was like, okay, we can do salt and pepper. Okay. With butter. Okay. All right. But I still, I'm, I'm still hardcore for my sweet grits. Like I don't care what anybody has to say, put a biscuit on the side with that thing too. Just I'll have to make some grits tonight. And that's another <laughs> I will eat breakfast any time of the day. Like that is it. But I had grits at the White House oh and God. meeting Aretha Franklin. 
mm. and LeVar Burton. Okay, oh, all right. Right, I mean, but there were so many people in that room. Yeah. But I mean, it was like, and I was like, I am not letting Aretha Franklin walk past me without saying something to her. I was like, oh my God, you know, Queen, it is just such a, you know, such a pleasure to meet you. And I'm like, holding my shit together while I have these grits. <laughs> like, like, whatever. Like, but I have to, I had, we're all eating grits. I mean, it was a celebration of, um, a celebration of gospel was the theme for that, for that series. The Grammy Museum, we ended up producing six, we had six seasons with the White House or maybe eight or something. It was so amazing. So oh, I was just honored that I even got to go. I mean, I got a chance to go twice and that was just the oh. White House. I still yeah. have the napkins. I was like, you know, I may not be able to take the silverware, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm taking these napkins. So I still have my Obama White House napkins that I still have. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, did you have Aretha Franklin sign one of them at least? Oh my, I didn't. I mean, cause it was the moment where like, it was because you were just so in a room. I mean, Robin Roberts was there. Like, I mean, the yeah, we're just you know. I was yeah. like, this moment is like honestly just for me. So mm-hmm. I got to wash. meet her, and let it wash, and I just let that be. I didn't take a photo with her, but I did take a photo with Levar Burton because I was raised <laughs> with that man. Reading Rainbow taught me how to read yes. the rest of America. So. <laughs> That was a really huge, and that I went gushing. Like we actually walked out of the White House together, me and Lavar Burton. I should, I, I should have kept up with that, but yeah, you know, still reach out to it. Why not? I will. I, will. I should. I de- That's a pricked moment. I will reach out to Lavar Burton, Mister Lavar. I met you back in yeah. <laughs> The White House. I know you remember. At the White House. We had a we had we walked all the way out together. I will never forget that. And it was just like you taught me how to read. I mean, we sang the song, we did the whole thing. It was just so beautiful. He's amazing. (laughs) Some great stories though. He's uh he's launching a a new, I don't know if it's an app or something, but again, reading to kids. Um, I heard I heard he was also up for being a host on um, Jeopardy, replacing Jeopardy. And then they went for what's his face, the football player. And I was like, oh, well, he's got the um, who's the football player. What was it? One of the men? No, no, no. It's the one that just he was just on like the before. um, Dang, I'm going to Google it right now. I'm like. Been the most popular, um, co- uh, the most popular guest host since they started putting guest hosts in place. It's what is his name? So- Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. There Aaron we go. Really? Yes, he has been yes. the most popular guest host since they. Be, yeah. Yeah. Be good. He was funny. All right. All right. Was yeah. he? I have yeah. to give it. A, I have to give 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 it a shot because I really did like. I loved Jeopardy and just you know we all love Jeopardy and just yeah. how knowledgeable also Alec Trebek God bless and rest his soul was like so I just I was like if LeVar Burton could have been the reply like that would have been to me he has a great sense of humor like give him a chance but whatever whatever I I think so you know the other thing about Aaron Rodgers one of the reasons that supposedly he's being so well liked is that he 
First of all, he's won Celebrity Jeopardy multiple times, I guess. Oh, he did. Huge Jeopardy geek. And he approached his guest host responsibilities just like he does a football game because, you know, he's quarterback, right? He watched tapes of Jeopardy over and over and over. And so his timing was impeccable. And that's what people are commenting on the most with these guest hosts is does their timing mimic Mm -hmm. that analogy? Because Alex's timing was impeccable. Yes. Yes, it was. Like, hands down. This sun is just, I'm going to like, I mean, it is lighting you up. Your glow is it like, is. You know, out there and the sun is just accentuating that even more. It is. And meanwhile, I'm not complaining because it's been so gloomy here in Cleveland, but it's just, I'm grateful, Lord, but I'm so like, it is right. Okay. Here we there go. you go. There you okay. go. Now you're not split in half with the light. <laughs> yes. There we are. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Oh what? my gosh. Yeah. But Woo! yeah, I need to. I need to give him a chance. I guess I just need to give him a chance and 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 all and all of that. Okay. That it makes it's really okay if you're biased towards Lavar. I mean, we yes. understand why you have a relationship with him. Right. <laughs> you know. Yes. <laughs> Oh goodness! Oh, Not even mad at it. Not even mad. At it. Not <laughs> even mad. At it. Kevin's I'm, checking the app. What's I, going on? I'm, I'm googling because I was telling Kim how much I loved uh, your website, and um, it doesn't have a, a, a regular bio. It talks about your oh. favorite moments and favorite songs. And, oh yeah, yeah, on the yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame website. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. So, so I was going to Google it, but you could actually just tell us. So <laughs> what is oh, what are the some of the, the key moments on, on that website, on your bio, um, favorite song, favorite album, what else is on there? Yeah, but does like, it change? I mean, come it on. It does change. And I was just like, what did I even say on there? Because I'm like, it does. I mean, it definitely does. They were like, pick three songs. I was like, how can I even, <laughs> yeah. even do that? That's so hard. Kevin and I sit here and we talk music all the time. Christmas time, we were singing (laughs) Christmas carols. I mean, because music has been so prevalent in our lives. And I I don't know, I guess there are some people that music is not prevalent in their life, but I don't know how that's possible because music just equates to moments in time. Thank you. So, so real. That's, I, I, I totally agree with you, Kim. That's, I feel the exact same way. Like, how can you not? Everywhere you go, there's a song playing. Like, it just go in the grocery store, you're at the gas station. It doesn't matter. But have the best time in Target. They have the best music playing. <laughs> Don't they? Truly. I'm with you. I'm with you. Some of the best songs are playing in Target. In Target. That's how they, that's how they get you to buy all that stuff. <laughs> that's the hook. It's the music. That's, that's what the right. problem is. All of us, they're playing this and then they go into little Mary J. Blige. My happy hormones are flowing. I got to buy that. Yes, the happy hormones are flowing. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. They know how to get you. They really do. They know how to get you. But let's see. I mean... Uh, as far as favorite songs, that does change a lot. But favorite groups, for me, it is going to be Earth, Wind, and Fire. I have to say, like, there's even a photo of behind me here. Um, 
Well, you can't see it, but it's blurry. But it's a photo of Maurice White walking towards the pyramids in Egypt in 1979, taken by an amazing photographer named Bruce Telemann. And so, yeah, Earth, Wind & Fire is in my house. Like, I love Earth, Wind & Fire as a favorite. I mean, truly one of my, yeah, like, they're all-time favorites. Let's see, another favorite band or musician is going to be Lauren Hill and Erica Badu. For me, I mean, they're like spiritual aunties who groomed me musically. I mean, just identity and confidence and all of that. I have to say them and Fela right now, Fela Kuti. I mean, he's always a staple, but even I've noticed like just while working from home, even Mm -hmm. like, Definitely John Coulter. I love jazz. Eric Uh Dolphy, Wes Montgomery. Like those are some favorites that I can just like actually work to that. Uh And I love the feeling of the flow. Like John Coltrane gets me through my migraines. Like, Uh I don't know what it is, but it's John Coltrane just hands down is like a staple. But Fela, like I... That's like my productive, get it done, like fear not of man. Like that is my, I mean, zombie, any of his songs, all of his music is just so energizing and energetic. It just gets my, it gets the juices going, you know, like it just, (laughs) yes, it just, I feel so motivated to do everything. So he's just been on constant replay. And then obviously listening to Prince right now, like, Do you have any, like, musical influences from way, way, way back? You know, I think, you know, I grew up on country music. My parents listened to my Mm. dad's country music. My mom was a huge, like, Elvis fan. But even, like, Tennessee Ernie Ford and these old, Mm. old, old musicians. I have Mm -hmm. a tendency to lean towards Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday, yes. You know, and right now, Madeline Perot, who, of course, is, you know, channeling Edith Piaf, you know, some Mm of that. Like that, I mean, Coltrane, but even before. Coltrane, yeah, like those guys, truly, the Eric Dolphys, Wes Montgomery, a lot of people don't give those guys their credit. Like, their music is so impactful. I would also say, of course, Nina Simone. She's just another one who's like also a spiritual mother, godmother, musical mother. Have her vinyl sitting on my counter right now. Me too. I'm looking at it right now. First album right there. Yeah, no, like I love, I mean, John Lee Hooker is another one who I absolutely love. He's just so good. Muddy Waters, of of course. Lightning Hopkins. I love the blues, like for sure. The blues are just, the blues are amazing. Gosh, oh, there's uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I, oh. I mean, I know that's not old, old, but like I love Stevie Ray yeah. Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. Like I had, wow. so I had a chance to meet Double Trouble, the drummer, Chris Layton, and Tommy Shannon, who played bass with Stevie met them in Austin and like that was such a I mean going to the club the Antones which was like a really popular blues club where a lot of those guys played why can I think of his name right now he is Albert King oh my god Albert King he's another one 
Albert yeah. King is, yeah, he's super dope. We have to call out Lloyd Price. We just lost him. May he rest in peace. He's the originator. I mean, there would be no Elvis. Good Lordy, Miss Claudia. Like that's, that's yep. Lloyd. So, I mean, I love, I love a lot. And then of course the Beatles and Rolling yeah. Stones and the Supremes. I love the Supremes. Like was raised listening to the Supremes. Mm-hmm. Gospel music, for sure. I got to throw in Mississippi Mass Choir. I have to throw in the Clark Sisters. Jesus. Uh, Aretha Franklin, again. That, I mean, most popular and most important gospel album, most selling, you know, album, gospel album of all time is Aretha's. In the, that she was, recorded that live in the church. Do you remember that? In the church. That documentary was so awesome. Isn't it so good? And I'm trying yeah. to think of the... I don't know the name of it. The minister who performed yeah. with her, but he is another one who, James Cleveland. He mm-hmm. is like, he's just another one who we listen to. And Shirley Caesar, of course, those are like definite staples. And then of course, like as I got into my adulthood, I'm like listening to everything. Like, I mean, just listening to a bunch of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. What the you were touching? This was actually made the staples latest album we get by okay, oh nice. yeah. so yeah. are you an audiophile or you just have a record player that plays no i am i have a record player that plays my parents actually gave it to me wow. when i moved to cleveland as like a gift and they weren't using it and i kind of i mean they gave it to me and i kind of hustled it but i was like look you guys aren't using it i promise to take care of these techniques. And this is when they first moved in together. My dad had bought a really dope sound system and um, the needle actually is still good on there. Like I took it to the record shop to get cleaned up and they were like, this still works and it's still fine. So I play records on that. Mm -hmm. I have my equalizer over there and I'll buy records here in Cleveland or wherever I go in the country, I'll buy a record bought a record you know you buy a record internationally that's another prick for me like just the things that you can learn i've bought records in brazil and bring them back and play them and like i i love that it's 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 really good so no i i i do it and and i have a cd player over there a walkman which is also a relic too but that works with batteries so it's still working <laughs> i love it i know i had a friend of mine the other day say he was getting ready to move and he was cleaning out his garage and he sent me a picture he goes i'm getting rid of this stuff i said are you kidding me that's a one <laughs> that's a one save that save exactly. that because we I don't said, know what's gonna happen that that's just battery operated you're gonna right. want that to that's gonna work i'm like these yeah. iphones may die and all that other mess <laughs> yeah. but that Walkman is going to work as long as you got some batteries and some spit that it'll work. Like, <laughs> you got Look, that. my mom, I'm like, my mom is from the South. My dad's from Nigeria. Like all these little secrets. I'm like, they, they put a little spit on there. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> well, it's like what, my, my big fat Greek wedding spray Windex on your Windex. zits or whatever. <laughs> Windex heals everything. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that champagne is so good. <laughs> so Napa, we have some pretty good champagne too just saying my favorite is from Shandong. that's ooh, ooh what's yours kevin 
probably uh, the Schramsberg Blanc de Noir. Yes, fabulous. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably my favorite uh, California right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm coming up there to visit. So that's, we'll just have to arrange a well, Napa tour. Kevin may be moving to Texas, but I will still be here. What? You're moving? Maybe. Potentially. <laughs> you heard it here live. There's no rewinding. It's already out. He may be moving, I said. He may be. Well, look, if you if you do or if you don't, my sister, my sister, look, trying to get you out of here, Kevin. My sister just moved to um Houston, Grangerland, actually, which is like 40 minutes outside of Houston, I think north of Houston. But beautiful, absolutely beautiful. If I mean everyone's migrating right now. I have friends moving from Brooklyn to Ohio, Cleveland. All right. Well, you know, a lot of people are one because they can be mobile so they can work in, you know, the companies that were in the big cities, but they don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about being there on site, which I think is phenomenal. And it's opening up the world and it's really going to create more diversity, inclusion, equity, just it's going to create opportunities, open doors, which I love, love, love. Um, A lot of people are migrating just out of the cities to Tahoe and there are people like in Hawaii right now. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people come to Napa, live in here. Yeah. Who helped? They had vacation homes and now it's like, well, I can work from my vacation home. Now I can work from my vacation home. Exactly. Exactly. Visiting Napa. Do you know um, Karen's friend, Robin? Yes. Billups. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Malika was just out here. Oh, really? Ask Malika how well I took care of her. <laughs> he always be, care. This man knows how to take care. We oh I I know he's an official smolier <laughs> wine connoisseur. I, look, that's why I popped the bottle of Moet because I was like, <laughs> I'm talking to Kevin. Let me let me pop, this. This is a reason. This is cause of celebration. And and herein lies Let's the problem it. with Zoom because had we been face to face, we could both be enjoying the I know. I know. It I is know. almost well, five o'clock here. I can always, you know, pop, pop. <laughs> just the, yes. uh, there's yes. a couple open ones over on the counter anyway. Yes, thank you, Sean. Amazing. Amazing. How often are you getting back to California? I actually will be back next week oh. for a week. Oh. For a week, yes, I will be there just kind of handling, taking care of some family business and able, like you said, able to just step away, still work remotely, do what I got to do, get back. So, I mean, it's, it's really been a blessing for sure. And getting to take care of my parents, that's been awesome. Just some peace of mind, not having to like take time off of work to, it's like, I'm still working. So not off the clock. I'm just in a different location working. So yeah, you know, it, it's good. So my mom passed away. It's been, oh, good God, mm. 22 years ago. And I was really fortunate because at the time I'm a nurse, I've been a nurse for almost 40 years now. I hate mm. saying that, but then I love saying it too. But, yeah. um, you know, I, at the time was working in a, like running a department, but there was a software company in San Francisco that said, come work for us because we purchased their software to do documentation and then subsequently performance improvement in this hospital area that I was working in through data analytics, right? Because mm-hmm. it was way back in the nineties and the trend was electronic medical record documentation. And then you have the data so you can do 
your pre and post measures anytime you want to do performance improvement. But the cool mm -hmm. thing about this is that because I stepped into that role where I was working remotely because we had clients all over the United States, I was able to be with my mom and support my dad and caring for her at home that entire time. Right. It nice. is such a blessing. It was such a gift to have those moments with her and for yeah. my dad. And I think even though the pandemic has been horrible, there are things that have come out of yes. that of that yeah, horribleness yes. that are actually positive and being able to be supportive in that manner, you know, of course, after yes. and all that is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I I'm looking at it the same way, Kim. It's like, mm -hmm. they're definite, you know, tremendous loss, but some tremendous blessings during this time. I mean, I was blessed with this promotion during a time of mm -hmm. pandemic as well. So, you know, there's, all sorts of things. I mean, it's, it's really been, it, it's been good and it's been bad, but it's also been good. And that's what we have to focus on is the positives to keep us going. Well, that's right. Life is about looking at those little moments of gratitude because mm -hmm. it's not, if you're waiting for the big whoa moment, you're going to be waiting a long time. But if you go outside and you look at, I always say, mm -hmm. I love the light of the sun shining through the green leaves of the tree. When I can see yeah. that brilliance happening, that's a moment to be grateful or yes. to sit in the warmth of the sun and let it fill you up, you know, mm -hmm. or when you have flowers, mm -hmm. those little things are what keep us going. Those are the moments. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's really super, super cool when people can be immersed in that and recognize that the life around them is pretty darn awesome, that it's not mm -hmm. about that next brass ring and whatever gold cup right you know whatever right absolutely are you absolutely. happy in the moment and i have to ask you a question about your name like i am sure people have butchered your name for years oh, yes <laughs> you have stories about that because i'd love to oh hear oh my god Definite stories about i mean like you said for years since ever going to school like I mean, I then learned by the time the teacher caught up to a pause, you know, I knew she was looking at my name. <laughs> Waka Amusa, I'm here, I'm present. <laughs> yes, um, it, it's me, it's me. But I mean, I've even had, like while I was at the Grammy Museum, it's so funny. Mm -hmm. And again, I love, you know, what you were saying earlier, introducing the show, just showing us how we're truly all connected. And one day all of the truths will be uncovered or maybe not in our lifetime, but it's so amazing. I was at the Grammy Museum and did an exhibit on Taylor Swift. And there was a Japanese company, um, a film, uh, you know, a news station that flew out. They flew to Los Angeles wow. because they thought I was a Japanese curator because of my name. And you can't tell. It's also for some people, if you really look like Waka, you don't know. I met another Waka, actually. Mm -hmm. He's from the Congo, but he spells his name W-A-K-A. So the name is common on the continent, but not really common here in the United States at all. But it, they flew out and they were like, oh, you know, we're looking for Waka. And I was like, I'm Wusa, you know, and I'm like, well, you said it perfectly correct. And it's, it's me. It's, I'm black. And I'm in, I'm like, it's me. I ain't never looking up. <laughs> I mean, it's me. And I'm happy to do the interview with you. 
<laughs> I, I know that, that had to been, huh? I know that story. I don't know where I saw it or heard it or I know that story. Oh, when it is, you were gonna speak Japanese. They thought I, I was like, <laughs> I am. I'm an American. I'm a bl- African American woman. <laughs> not I'm not Japanese and I will not be speaking in your native tongue. I'm so sorry. You're gonna have to do a transcription for this one. But <laughs> but it was that was absolutely hilarious with like just my name getting mixed up, um, gender mixed up, like we're not sure who to expect. And that's I, I love that too. Like, no, you'll you'll then get this little bald woman who you're looking for so that's me um so I you know so it's been funny with the name but my name definitely I it was something that I hated it was the Lauren Hill the Erica Badu the Jill Scott the Indy Iries like who really the Nina Simones who really helped me to appreciate um my name and my blackness at Shaka Khan. I mean, Earth, Wind and Fire definitely helped me to embrace that part of myself. But my name means child greater than money. And so I love that now. Like, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And then my last name translates into like moon shines all over the world. So it's just, I love the name. The last name you will not find. I mean, that's specific to our village, to our our tribe. Like, you're not going to find a whole bunch of Anwusas running around. No. Um, My first name, yes, but that's what it means. Waka Ego. It's it's fully Waka Ego. So we cut the Ego off. Just for, I was like, we can't put that on my dad. I remember going to, like, elementary school like some great like, we can't you can't do that to me it's already enough my name is waka and they're making fun of me saying waka 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 like you can't it was like when let go my ego was hot and so it was like you are not gonna do that shit to me daddy no like no i'm not i'm not I, and so i denounced my name at that time but i mean now i'm fully embracing it you can't get the child greater than money without adding the ego part of on the waka ego so that's okay. that's the whole that's the long short of the name <laughs> do you know gara's full name yes makunta gara yes opal yes which is so beautiful i love i love 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 her name absolutely yeah. love her name too so yes that uh, translates to beautiful jewel born in the time of war she was born on uh, December 7th. Wow. See, I love meanings. I absolutely love that. I was named after people. I wasn't, my name doesn't have a meaning, but I just absolutely love that. It doesn't mean anything either. Well, I'm sure it does. Actually, actually, biblically, or that, yeah, it means, um, oh, I do know. Um, It's really left an impression on you, I can tell. Well, your name to me means amazing friend of many, many, many moons. How bad? Like that? I, like that. I right. love that. I love it. I absolutely love it. What about any comments? What? Just, uh, How is that possible? I did put it on public. Sometimes I forget to put it on public and then I have to replay, uh-oh. replay it and it goes to public. And uh, But no, this time I chose public. Handsome. It's, oh, it means handsome. Yeah. Oh, well, of course it does. <laughs> did Kevin tell you that we have, I tell people this on almost every show, but did Kevin tell you we've known each other since he had an Afro and a GI Joe medallion? 
What? No. We've known each other fourth grade. Fourth grade. We were eight years oh old. Oh my God. Yeah. And look at you guys now at a table. Oh, no. That is so cool. That we is so the, amazing. We did the Romeo and Juliet soliloquy in English class. Somebody's got that VHS tape somewhere. Someone, someone's got it. Someone's got it. We need to pull it out of the archives. Go back That's to right. the school. They have it. They have to have it in their library. They have it. Oh, yeah. Yes, they might. They might. May. May. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Yeah, where is that? You <laughs> know, we'll have that. still works at the school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my well, God. Well, then, yeah, you have to work. check. Well, now it works. Well, yeah, sorry. Okay. Well, you have. you definitely have to check. You definitely have to check. Oh, that's exciting. We did find out there are five of us who are pom-pom girls and we won the spirit stick at the summer, whatever, Jubilee, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh. That was in the trophy case. That ended up at an Applebee's at some juncture, no like way. high school, you know, trophy regalia. And then we lost track of it because we were like, we're going to hunt that down because <laughs> the five of us are still thick as thieves. We get together whenever we can. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. I was a cheerleader, too. I remember the whole the spirit stick. Uh-huh. <laughs> Designing it, decorating it, and who's uh-huh. holding it, who's responsible for it, and all the yeah, it's it's a it's a real fun thing. Yes, it is. Well, the coolest thing is speaking of and wrapping it back to music, every time Prince's 1999 comes on, it brings me back to the Fabulous Five and the dance routine that we did to that song and the roll-offs and the whole shebang. Now, I don't remember all the moves, but you get Lee May in. Lee May would know every move. <laughs> she would know every move. Oh, my God. I love it. I love that. That is so cool. So cool. But, yeah, always everything brings us back to Prince. It, he's, the, he's the glue, for sure. He is the glue. He is yeah. the glue. He's he keeps on way before his time. But oh, like yeah. you say, his music lives on. I'm looking forward to the album, too. I think it'll be awesome. Yes. Do you have a player? Mm-hmm. You yeah, do? I do. Okay. I do in Bakersfield. All right. Actually, I bought, I bought, a, I bought a record player uh, so that I could uh, transfer my music to CD. So it's a, it's a recorder. Oh, nice. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Not, not that we need it anymore, but Wait, we may yeah. need the Walkman. Yeah. Let me get hold of my friends. Yeah. But we, we still have eight tracks. So, okay. So, I don't know if you would know this. So, I, I got in a discussion Sunday night about when eight tracks faded and cassettes took over. Mm-hmm. Oh. Any idea what year that was or year-ish? Oh, gosh. It was definitely, and I remember this at the Grammy Museum. We had a whole exhibit on, like, oh, my God. Definitely in the 70s. I was going to say the 70s. Like, mid-70s. If The Grammy Museum is opening soon, and I'm pretty sure this exhibit is still there, but... I was like, I was so like, we have to protect this exhibit because the kids won't know. The kids yeah. need to know that you don't just get music on your cell phone. Like <laughs> you have 45s and you have a 75 and you yeah. have, you know, like you, like you said, you have your eight track, you have cassettes. We yeah. had, you know, like you had cassettes, you had CD, CDs, yeah. even like that's not even a thing, which is so, so sad. I mean, I still have I, I'm like, look, I still have my CDs. I still have. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. I'm like, I no. Know, I lost my CDs in the divorce, but that was okay. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, some things you can lose. Some things yeah. can be, some I know things can be lost. That easy. I'm, 
I've downloaded thousands and thousands of dollars worth of music. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway. yeah, I never want to say 70s for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, so it, it had to be late 70s because in the 80s, we were we were go- junior high. Mm-hmm. Were we not recording things on our cassettes from the radio? Dr. Donald D. Rose. Yes, yes but <laughs> yes. So according, and- according to, they, they ended up Googling it because these, these people were just about my age. Uh-huh. They Googled it and they said that the A-track was still um, alive and kicking in the early 80s. Well, I have to tell you, uh, my yeah, but my, on its way out. Like, look, but on its way out. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember having. I don't remember having an eight track, and I started collecting music in '79. My dad had an eight track player as part of his stereo system. Okay, it was a separate unit, yeah. which my ex husband still has today. Oh he's wow, a bit of a hoarder, but <laughs> <laughs> but he loves all that stuff. Oh, really? See, my dad had a reel-to-reel too, and when he passed away two years ago, we we were he had one of those tower stereos with the record player and the receiver and the whole. And I was like, "Do I keep it? Do I not? Do I keep it? Do I?" It was one of those, and I finally said, "Okay, I already had my record player and my Marshall speakers and whatever." So. Oh, I, nice! They got from my parents. Um, you, yeah, you know, um, they got from my parents. It's probably six feet long, and uh, they got it in Germany. Oh, reel to reel. A track player, record player. You have it in storage. Is it protected? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Right. Yes. (laughs) I look, I look for an antique, you know, like a stereo console, right? That's what it was. One of those long flat ones with the speakers built in and then the different components in the record player in the top with the lift up. I looked for one. I couldn't find one that like loved. (laughs) Love it. I will drool. I know I'll drool. (laughs) It's been over an hour. We have been chatting already. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh my God. It's oh well, yeah, it's eight. It's eight. It's eight oh four. Okay. Well, (laughs) my nickname is eight oh five because I'm constantly five minutes late. Plus, I love San Luis Obispo, and that's their area code. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. We may have to talk for one more minute just to make it uh, just yeah. complete. Just let's that's right. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see you get up to refill that glass. So I ain't been sipping that one glass of champagne this whole time. I've been sipping it because I we've been ta- having such a good conversation. I was like, "Well, it's here." I'm like, "Now it's warm." I went to have to put some more in it to cool it back down. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes. That's how you do it. That is how yes. you do it. Yeah, a little splash sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, just a little splash, just a little bit more. It'll be, yeah. it'll be just fine. It'll, it'll get drank. No way, it'll, 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 it'll go. <laughs> since, since we're speaking of beverage, I have to tell you this for your next visit. So I um, okay. had some uh, three young ladies in the restaurant this afternoon, and I don't some somewhere weeks ago in an email I'd promised one of them a special cocktail. I forgot. So, <laughs> so they showed up today, and I was like. Yeah, so I just like make something on the fly. So do you know what a Prince 75 is? No, I've never heard of it. So Prince 75, it's a champagne cocktail, but it's um it's uh one ounce of gin, half an ounce of lemon juice, and half an ounce of simple syrup, shake it, um, strain it into champagne fluid, and then top it with champagne. So I basically did a, a variation on the Prince 75. Oh, the, the, the reason I chose that drink was because the, the cocktail is supposed to be a, a special gin and tonic. 
I couldn't, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking about when I made this email promise to her, <laughs> but I had no idea what I was going to do in the moment. So I was like, oh, there's, there's gin in a Sprint 75. Let's do that. Let's so, do that. Yeah. I did. I've made some wacky stuff. It, it came out great, whatever. But then, but I'm um, sure it was amazing. It was. They, they were, they really loved it. But, but I'm still on the hook for the gin tonics. So, oh. so I'm like trying to figure out what I'm going to do for this. So I go to the chef. It's like, okay, there's only three ingredients, gin tonic and lime juice. Yeah. So I go to the chef. I'm like, there any special limes that I can use. He's like, what? What special are you even talking lime. about? He's like, I don't know. It, like, it, I don't know. Um, do a chili yeah. lime rim. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Nice. yeah. Like a Mexican lime or, a, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. He's like, what? So what was the name of the drink? It's Friends 75 or? 75. French 75. Ooh, okay. I have to request that at a bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're delicious. So he he says to me, he says, no, but I've got a, uh, I've got a, um, a a Mandarin quat. I said, excuse me. A Mandarin quat? I've never even, all these hybrid things are happening in the world. What? We have a tree in our garden. In the, the garden at work, it's a mandarin quat tree. It's a hybrid. Did you use the fruit? Mm-hmm. It was delicious. Oh, oh wow. Mm. Made it well. Mm. That, that drink. So I'm going to try that and your French 75 when I come to visit Napa. Oh, come that, on. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'd like to have. That's what I'd like to have. Okay, I just have to tell you that when we first started talking about this, doing this show, I was afraid to say pricked on air because I was like, oh, my God, this is going to ruin me for the rest of my life. I'm never going to be able to get a corporate job again. Blah, 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 blah. It is so freeing to be to talk about pricks because there are a lot of pricks in this world. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. Sadly, still. Mm -hmm. Sadly, still is right. Uh, Yeah, it's been amazing. So, yeah, very freeing. <laughs> good. That's amazing. I'll I'll drink to that. That there is you what go. Yeah. I'll drink my water to that. All right. All right. So we, we did. We yeah. have a bartender who did um he was doing virtual tastings, but he would deploy yeah. bartenders mm-hmm. to during COVID. It started, they were doing the virtual bartender thing. Um, right? That was yeah. the business. And then yeah. Um, when COVID hit, then they started doing the drinks. They would mix together and ship the drinks and do the virtual oh, like drink mixing. Bartending kind of, mm-hmm. Oh, that's clever. That's that would be really fun great. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be amazing. The last thing I did was um, there was a, a board meeting and they shipped us like wine gift baskets from yeah. a winery here in Cleveland. And so we pop those bottles of wine open during that board meeting. And it was amazing. I was like, this is a really great way to just lift, lift the tension and make it less, you know, so stuff. So board meeting ish, you know, it's really nice. Wine will that. Yeah. A lot of wineries shifted to virtual tastings. Yeah. Yeah. A lot here. They're still doing it. Oh, I bet. I bet. I bet. I bet. But it's always a good thing. Yeah. Oh, we could still do a virtual taste. We we could. Kevin, okay. you could oh, help yeah. facilitate that. Oh, Sean yeah. could even do some cliff wines if you wanted him oh, there to. We go. All right, and next up. We've got all kinds of educators yeah. in our little yeah. posse of people now. Pick a date. You just invited yourself. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll let you 
for everything yeah. that we're <laughs> yeah. all right well thank you guys so much though okay. this was really fun absolutely amazing so we're we're gonna guess i guess we're just gonna sign off i guess we're just gonna sign off we you know we have do you have any parting words do you want to share any wisdom with the world yeah. i mean we're putting you on the spot a little bit but i would just have to say i mean i love the title of this show and just being pricked by you know turning that negative word into something positive i love that and that's truly what we have to do in just every day. I mean, and it's not the cheesy cliche thing to say. We have to remind ourselves of that all the time. So do it. You know, you have to choose happiness. You have to choose positivity. No one else is going to be happy for you. No one is going to be positive for you. No one, I mean, whatever it is that you're doing, you have to make that conscious decision to execute and do that. Um, I would say, you know, during this time um, to get real with yourself and we're still kind of quarantining and but being open and still just, you know, being reserved with how out you want to be. Um, mm -hmm. But during those moments of yourself, your me time, truly just get to writing. Like writing has helped, um, has always been something that I've done journaling, but even the more so being intentional about what you're writing and what you still want to see for yourself. You're never too old or too young to achieve anything. There's a, an, a, a publicist out here. She was LeBron James's publicist when he was like in college and just starting out on his NBA career or basketball career. This woman is like 70, 73 years old. And she's going back to law. Like she's going to law school. Like she's like, I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm already enrolled and I'm going to do this and I'm doing, and I'm like, and damn, sis, you're 70 something, you know, and you're doing it. it so yeah. truly, there's no limit. Like my dad would say, the sky is the limit, but we're going even beyond that. And so it's truly your choice. It's your choice to even listen to the voice inside of you and to do what you want to do. Time's out for, you know, excuses. There are no excuses. You, you have the power to make those decisions for yourself. And so that's what I encourage myself and remind myself every day about post-its, not, not in an OCD way, but I have post-its <laughs> around to just remind myself to slow down. This shit will be here tomorrow. Yes. You can pick that up later. Everything does not need to be accomplished in one day while we're zooming and doing all of this. It's things have definitely accelerated in due dates and timelines and how accessible people can be to you. Set those boundaries and truly know that you need to reclaim your time. So Ayanla, reclaiming my time, save my life. Okay, you, we need to do that. You need to do that for yourself, but truly to establish what you want, to write it down, to believe in it, to be inspired by the things that prick you is truly what's gonna lead you into your passion and just doing what you love and having champagne on call. <laughs> for for whatever moment. So exactly. cheers. So that's that's what I want to say. Choose happiness. Choose happiness. Wow. I choose to have champagne in my fridge. I'm I'm in here by my damn self. It doesn't. You don't need a whole crew to do that. And I'm not talking about overindulging. Pop a yeah. bottle. You're worth it. So yeah, cheers. Right. Cheers to that. Brilliant. Great yes, words absolutely. of advice. Great words. Thank you. When when you start talking about the um. 
sorry to have to go back off off topic, Ralph. Oh. Um, you you said something about post its, and I remembered. I think you're in a a commercial or a video, and you can see on the entrance to your office. There's there's a oh. sign. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's got her name, N-W-A-K-A, uh-huh. Waka, this way. Oh, <laughs> yes. uh, it's appropriate. You work. It is appropriate. And I love seeing that sign. I love seeing that sign. He has to send you a picture. I'll have we'll have to send it again, but I'll text it to you tomorrow, email it to you. But truly, it's it just brings me so much joy. You have to choose those happiness moments. It was a designer. His name is Chad. I I mean, he made that for me when I left LA and I was like, this is the best. Walk this way. Okay, Aerosmith is my favorite yeah, rock band. <laughs> Aerosmith is my favorite. So I need that picture oh, so yeah. that I can just frame it and say, one of my pictures. Yes. Look it, look it, look it. It is, so so, it is my favorite. It is the absolute best thing I have. That's going to every living space walk of this way yes oh yeah awesome that is yeah phenomenal <laughs> i worked again off subject but i worked uh some restaurant somewhere and on the big walk-in refrigerator they had a picture of christopher walk-in <laughs> <laughs> walk-in fridge here we go we do a whole, sh- a whole show just on on those oh my god kevin that is good that is so good. So good. But truly, thank you guys so much for having me. This was really fun. And I will be back in Napa to, well, I will be in Napa for my French 75 right. in this gin and tonic. So hopefully we can do this live, maybe. Yes, uh, yeah. ma'am. It's a yeah. deal. Count on Found it. it. Love, love it. Thank you for your love excellence, it. for your positive energy. Aww what you Thank bring to you. this world because it shines bright and we need that, hey. that thank you so thanks kim i appreciate that so much yeah. thank you kevin after all of this thank you coco, uh, <laughs> it's coco. Uh, make sure you mention coco <laughs> thank you coco she's instrumental here we should have had her on too that you know been who fun. you are right yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> please do. Please do. All right. Facebook family. Um, please, uh, 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 if you ever get to Cleveland, go see uh, Walk on Musa at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, she would love to host you, um, show you some of her amazing exhibits, um, and uh, we will touch base again. Um, until next time, till next week, be kind. Be kind. Be, kind. be loving. Be safe. Be safe. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, Waka. Thanks. Bye. We all need fuel personally and professionally. What fuels this podcast, the book, and the greatest gift leadership development courses is your interest. If you like what you hear, please connect with me on social media and subscribe to my podcast and YouTube channel. LinkedIn, Kim-Brown-Sims. Facebook, Kim.BrownSims, Instagram at KimBrownSims underscore, Twitter at ConsultingKBS, YouTube Pricked Channel, Podcast Outlets, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, Google Podcast, to name a few. Look for my book coming soon and available for pre-order on my website, KimBrownSims.com. 
I am also available for speaking engagements, where in my print presentation, I speak to a wide variety of general and corporate audiences with humor and passion about the pricks that have held me back, the pricks that I have given as a nurse, and how the pricks in our lives can inspire great, powerful, and urgent action. And remember, take a moment to thank the pricks in your life for giving you the shot in the ass that inspired you to greatness. Have a great day. And remember, don't be a prick. <laughs>